Welcome to No Rain Date, a community podcast about local news and people. No Rain Date is a production of Saucon Source LLC. For more local news and information, please visit SaucinSource.com. Welcome to No Rain Date for the week ending March 19th, 2020. My name is Josh Popachek. I'm your host of No Rain Date as well as the publisher of SockandSource.com. This week here in Hellertown, as everywhere in the U.S., the only story has been the coronavirus pandemic and how it's affecting everyone's life. It's truly a remarkable situation that I don't think any of us could have ever imagined that we would find ourselves in. Just a couple weeks ago, coronavirus, novel coronavirus, also known as COVID-19, seemed literally a world away and something that might not ever affect us. And we've learned that it is affecting us uh, every day. We're seeing many more new cases of it here in Pennsylvania and across the country. As reported today by the Pennsylvania Department of Health, there are now more than 130 confirmed cases of coronavirus in the state. And unfortunately, sadly, Pennsylvania also had its first death from a confirmed case of coronavirus today, March 18th. This occurred here in Northampton County. Apparently, the person who passed away was from New Jersey and a member of a large family on which a number of individuals contracted the virus. And sadly, another family member also passed away from it recently. So this is a highly contagious, potentially deadly illness The people most at risk from it are the elderly and people with compromised immune systems. And that is why certain stores are changing procedures. We're seeing grocery stores such as Giant and Fresh Market, along with reduced hours. They are setting aside the first hour of every day as a time when seniors can go into the store and in some cases others, uh, and shop there immediately after the store opens for the day. They're giving employees more time overnight to clean and sanitize the store as well as restock shelves. So then the idea is that that's been done just before the seniors come in to do their shopping, thus limiting their potential exposure to the illness. And I think that's a great idea. I hope that every business that's in a position to adopt something like that will make an effort to do that. Um, We have a very significant population of seniors in Hellertown and throughout Pennsylvania. Um, It has the second highest population of elderly after Florida in the U.S. So this is certainly something that is, is of value and we're going to continue to see businesses to in, innovate, I think, as we all have to do at this time. Um, two days ago, Governor Tom Wolf made the decision to 
recommend, strongly urge that all non-essential businesses close for two weeks to help limit the spread of the virus. Non-essential businesses, that definition seems to vary a bit. Essential businesses are considered supermarkets, gas stations, pharmacies, obviously doctors, uh, veterinarians, but there's some ambiguity about which which businesses are essential and which aren't. I think the point of the order was to try and have as many businesses close as possible to limit the chance, uh, to limit the spread of the illness. Now, whether that is working is probably too early to tell right now. I know that there are concerns, though, that not as many businesses as could be closed are opting to do that, and um, certainly we hope that if your business um, is economically sound and, and, you know, you won't be incurring, like, significant uh, damage to it, that you'll, you know, do the right thing and follow the recommendations of our of our governor and public health and safety experts and close your doors for, you know, what is not a huge amount of time and think of the health of yourself, your employees, your family, and the people that patronize your business. I'm afraid that if these closures don't happen, the virus is going to continue to spread and that could, you know, lead to a longer shutdown, a harder lockdown or, or a lockdown, which we haven't had, but they have that in Italy, and you're essentially quarantined in your home for an indefinite period of time. And we don't want to have that here, obviously. Uh, we value our freedom and our independence, but everybody is being called upon to sacrifice something at this point, and certainly it's it's painful here at Sock and Source. We understand that. I'm a small business owner myself. I'm here to help our local small businesses through this difficult time. I'm going to do that in a variety of ways, uh, publishing stories, uh, highlighting what you're doing to respond to the coronavirus. Maybe you're doing something online that you haven't done before and uh, selling gift certificates. A number of restaurants have started offering curbside pickup of food, or delivery since their dining rooms are closed right now. We published a guide with more than two dozen of those restaurants listed in it, and we hope that you will consider supporting them by purchasing takeout or delivery over the next two weeks because it's obviously going to have an impact on them that they can't seat people in their restaurants like they normally would. But the bottom line is that Sock and Source is is a community information hub, and we want the community to be aware of the very real impacts that the the illness is having on the business community here. And I know the Hellertown Lower Saucon Chamber is also taking steps to help the business community during this difficult time. I will be partnering with them to help publicize what businesses are doing. Um, I'd also love to interview uh, business owners here on my podcast. If you're closed for the next couple weeks and you have a little more time than you might normally have, why not be a guest on No Rain Date? It's a chance to tell people about your business, um, what makes you an important part of the community, and we'd love to have you. 
So those are just a few ways that we plan to help our business community through this difficult time. Obviously, we are continuing to report on the virus itself and its impacts every day, pretty much nonstop. This is roughly day nine or day 10 of pretty much nonstop coronavirus coverage. And it does not seem like uh, there will be a change in that anytime soon. Of course, any type of breaking news we will continue to cover. But at this point, community events, municipal meetings, school events, obviously everything is on hold at least until the end of March because of the pandemic. And beyond that is a big question mark. We don't know where we will be tomorrow in terms of this, let alone two weeks from now. Uh, It's scary to say that, but that's the truth. And um, we just have to take it day by day. And uh, we're glad that, you know, you are listening and reading Sock and Source for your information because we take our responsibility to provide you with the most accurate information possible very seriously. There's a lot of misinformation out there about this disease, and and partly that's because it is a new disease, and people may be sharing things that are not factual uh, without really thinking about it. I don't think in many cases it's a malicious thing, but please uh, consider your sources when you are uh, researching this illness. We are very conscientious when it comes to sourcing information about the illness. Most of what I'm reporting comes from the State Department of Health or the CDC. These are good resources. Do not rely on the meme that your friend shared for um, information about the coronavirus. Uh, That's not going to be a reliable source. So thank you again, for um, trusting us with providing you with information during this difficult time. We are obviously focused on the impacts of the pandemic on schools. Beginning Monday, schools throughout the state were closed for a period of at least two weeks, and um, that's causing Disruption, obviously, for people's home lives as they struggle to find childcare. Children are going to begin online learning in lieu of classroom learning, and this is a new thing. So, uh, we wanted to learn more about that, and we contacted uh, Saucon Valley Superintendent Dr. Craig Butler, who is gracious enough to join us for an interview this week. And um, welcome, Dr. Butler. I'm sure things have been a whirlwind for you, and and this is unprecedented for you as an administrator, just like everybody else, right? So we're all kind of in this together, and and that's kind of the message I want to send with you know okay. the, the interview, and I might do a story too based on you know what we talk about, just to okay. to have it out there in multiple forms. But um, yeah, I wanted to start off by you know just asking you know, how, how are you receiving guidance and assistance from the state? Because obviously the state is involved in, in a major way in the, in the closure of the schools. And um, are you, what kinds of resources are you getting? And how are you then, you know, with the school board, you know, 
disseminating that information out to everybody who needs it, and and do you have everything that you need? Sure, Josh. Well, <clears throat> we are continually seeking and receiving information from the Department of Education, Pennsylvania Department of Education, uh, as well as the governor's office, and equally as a reinforcement from our IU-20. So that information we're receiving is guiding our actions and decisions to some extent. The information I receive that I think is pertinent, I'm sharing with the Board of School Directors. So you're right, Josh, since Friday it's been a whirlwind, not that it's been any different from for anyone else, but just in terms of trying to leverage our continuity of learning plan that we put in place and looking to start that next week and, and trying to equip our students and teachers to uh, continue uh, the teaching learning process. Mm-hmm. Are, are you getting a lot of communication from parents that are concerned about you know how, how this is going to affect their child's education, or if they have a senior, maybe graduation, um, what what kinds of information are you uh, sharing with them to sort of help them through this this trying time? Because it's there are so many unknowns, and that causes a lot of anxiety. I'm sure. Sure, sure Josh. We have sent out several uh, communication efforts from the district office to parents and students. Uh, I spoke to Samirigo about our continuity of learning plan. So we have scheduled specific times uh, each day when our student, excuse me, when our teachers will be online and be interacting with our students, delivering instruction and content. We also have designated certain times during the contractual hours for teachers when they would be expected to interact with students over email, through Schoology, through what we call Seesaw for our younger students, mm-hmm. uh, answering questions, following up on instruction, uh, clarifying the material sent out. Honestly, Josh, we the, the responses that I've received from parents, for the most part, have not been long-term, such as graduation, prom, mm-hmm. receiving credit, issuing of grades. Uh, our parents have been wonderful in that regard. Their concerns are more immediate in terms of the um, continuity of learning, that plan, and how they can support their child or children at home, what that might look like when they're working themselves. Or possibly, you know, still um, single parent or both parents still working. And uh, to that extent, Josh, we have uh, we have put learning activities in place that are both synchronous and asynchronous. So that provides the student and the family plenty of flexibility in terms of when they access the learning, when when the interactive. Part of it can be done. We're trying to provide as much flexibility as possible. The, the parents, uh, our parents, uh, 
have been extremely supportive, uh, Josh, and we appreciate that. We I've received a few inquiries about, you know, the unknown part of this. You know, we've never experienced this before. The online learning seems daunting. How are we going to communicate? What What is the volume, the workload going to feel like? So we're trying to move into it with baby steps, understanding that both our students and parents will be experiencing this full-time, quote-unquote, for the first time. So we're, we're moving into it gently, and we're trying to provide as much support we can as we can from teachers, counselors, administrators, and, and the staff in general. Right, right. Well, that makes that makes a lot of sense. I'm guessing then if a parent has an uh, – once the online learning is underway, if they're having any issues with it, the point of contact will be the, the teacher, and they'll have their – their contact information to reach out. Yes, that's correct, Josh. Uh, the first point of contact will be the teacher. We're, we're asking our teachers to be the initiators, of course, with the communication loop, uh, particularly with the younger children, so that we're actually taking tomorrow and Friday to um, do a uh, test drive, you might say, in terms of our, our teachers were reaching out to parents, reaching out to students, make sure that connectivity is solid, make sure there's a easy and user-friendly way to communicate each day. And uh, I think that will allay some of the trepidation about what's to come for next week. And again, we've urged our teachers to start somewhat slow, ease into it, our folks get used to it uh, and um, just begin to, you know, kind of experience this different way of uh, furthering the teaching learning process. Right, right. So, and I should have maybe asked this earlier, but just to backtrack. So every every child in the district, even before this, already had internet because of the one-to-one initiative. Is that right? Or Yeah, that's a great question. Josh, we know that there are some families, students in our school community that do not have internet access in their home. And we are providing thank you to our school board for purchasing the Kajit's hotspots. Okay. And that is a, that's exactly what it says it is. It's a little box that provides internet accessibility wherever you are. And uh, we have... 30 of those units, Josh, and we have uh, issued about 10 of those so far. We have 20 remaining. So any household, any student that needs Internet access that does not have it, we are providing those units for them. Uh, furthermore, I would just add that our K through 2 student population, of course, because of the age, will not be doing really much online. Uh, we will, however, be using the seesaw that I referred to earlier to communicate with the parents to push out work for our little ones through seesaw. But but obviously, our kids are two population. They're not part of our one-on-one initiative. But grades 3 through 12 are, uh, grades 3 and 4, of course, just started 
uh, excuse me, yeah, three, four, five, six just started last year. So we have a year under our belt, Josh, but uh, you're right. Uh, we Most of the students do have the one-on-one capability. Mm-hmm. So the, the, and just to be clear, the program for the K through two, that's a, is that a web-based program that the parents are going to use? That, uh, you're a little out of my league on that one, Josh, but I know that it, it's a mechanism through which our teachers can communicate with the parents okay. uh, by offering short mini lessons and obviously push out content material instruction. Right. Uh, but, but it's appropriate, of course, for that, for that age child, and then it should be easily accessible by the parents. Good, good. I know another another big concern, and not just in Saucon Valley, but everywhere, has been the the breakfast and lunch program, and how it's going to be administered, and and ensure that children that receive you know free and reduced lunches are you know have that accessible to them. Can you explain a little bit more about what's going to happen with that program? Sure, we actually started that yesterday, thanks to uh, Trish Bishop our director of food services and Dave Bonnenberger, our business manager. Every day, Josh, from 11.30 to 1.30, we are distributing breakfast and lunch for any eligible student in the school district, which includes all students. So what we are doing is in the parking loop of the middle school, if a parent drives up in their vehicle and has students in the vehicle with them, we issue breakfast and lunch per the number of students in the vehicle. We started that yesterday. It's going extremely well. <clears throat> I think we distributed about 120 meals mm-hmm. yesterday. Uh, so I'm so uh, amazed by what our staff has done, Josh. One day went by and we had it in place the next day, which was March 17th, yesterday, Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So we also push that information out to parents through what we call our Blackboard system, which is our communication device that we use to to transfer information to all parents. It seems to be working well, and folks are taking advantage of it. Good. Yeah, that's great. I know, I mean, ensuring that well, children can't learn if they don't have the proper nutrition to do that, so... That's that's one of the most important things, and definitely uh, appreciate Mrs. Bishop's uh, work on getting that done so quickly. Definitely, and I think the important thing above all, Josh, is the health, safety, and welfare of our students and families. While we're trying to do our best to continue the teaching learning process, the ultimate important part of this time is that everyone is healthy, safety, and safe, and secure with their families at home. Right. And sort of segueing from that, um, while while schools are closed right now, and the campus is essentially closed, I guess, um, are, you, are maintenance doing like additional cleaning, uh, deep cleaning, disinfecting, anything like that in the buildings? Yes, Josh. We actually have the district office open. Our school building offices are closed so that we can provide for the safety and welfare of those employees that are still reporting to work. So 
we have a team of uh, district administrators, building administrators, and administrative assistants working out of the district office. We've closed the building offices so that our custodial crew, under the leadership of John McCabe, uh, doing a deep cleaning in all three buildings. And once they clean an area, we are closing and securing that area so that, you know, traffic cannot go through areas that have already been cleaned and sanitized. So, uh, yes, we're still trying to be available to our school community, but we're doing all of our work out of the district office. Okay. And... Um, yeah, now obviously the school board uh, meetings are on hold for the time being as well. I guess that that will be something that's evaluated going forward about when they will meet again. Yeah, we we actually canceled the academic and personnel committee meeting that should have taken place last night, and the facilities committee that was scheduled for tonight. <clears throat> However, Josh, we are considering conducting the board meeting next Tuesday, uh, and that will be done virtually, at least tentatively, uh, virtually through Zoom. Okay. So we'll get that information out to our school community and to the public as soon as we have that articulated. Uh, but I think the board of directors has a genuine desire to uh, keep the meetings running on a regular basis. Okay. So that would be... Would, do you know if there would be like a way for public participation to occur within that? Yeah, yes, we're looking into that. Zoom has that capability. And so we're looking at how we can actually execute that in terms of allowing the public to be present from a virtual standpoint, mm -hmm. to be able to hear the meeting and possibly even be able to, to speak during the citizens portion of the meeting. Okay. Well, it's great that, that the technology is there to even do that. So uh, we're, we're depending on it now more than ever. Um, sure are, Josh. <laughs> and I'll, I'll be happy to share that uh, information about that meeting uh, when it's available, of course, with my readers. Sure. If I don't contact you tomorrow afternoon, Josh, just give me a call. I should know more by then, for sure. Okay. I guess the last question I had was sort of, you know, I, I know sports are secondary to learning, but athletics is something that really always brings our community together. And um, I guess it's maybe too early to say right now, but, but with spring sports on hold, is, is there a timeline for evaluating whether the season can take place or have you heard anything about that? I actually have not. We haven't received any guidance from PIAA. Uh, the only thing that we know at this point, Josh, is that all extracurricular and interscholastic activities have been postponed until further notice. So I'm guessing until we start and resume school in the normal sense that all activities will remain on, on hold. Which, you're right, Josh, that's <clears throat> such a positive part of a student's experience, student athletic experience here in school. And it's just a shame that uh, we're in this position. I, I feel uh, actually very sad for 
for our athletes and our uh, club participants. Mm-hmm. And hopefully the situation will be resolved soon and we can at least recuperate some sense of a spring season for, for these athletes. Right. Well, I, I agree with you on that. I hope so too. And, and, uh, and yeah, not just the athletes, the coaches, the fans, the parents, it's, it's a great way of, for everybody to come together. So, well, we'll stay tuned for, for information on that and a lot of other things. And, um, certainly here to support the district and in this time and, you know, get information out to the community whenever you need it. And, uh, Thanks again for thank you for the interview. Thank you, Josh. Yeah, thanks for being part of the team here. We appreciate you working with us. Hey everyone, Tony here from Lehigh Valley Weather Authority with your exclusive five-day outlook for the Salkin Sources No Rain Date podcast. Today for your Thursday, the rain will be out of here by mid-morning, possibly late morning at the absolute latest. The total rainfall totals anywhere from an inch to an inch and a half, I think. So definitely had uh, some heavy rain, you know, Wednesday night and into Thursday morning. So a uh, little bit of sun returning, I think, this afternoon. So that's a, that's a good sign. High temperature of 55 degrees. Tonight's low down to 47. Friday, we'll have some afternoon showers breezy conditions, and a high temperature of 75 degrees. Yes, you heard that right, 75 degrees. However, like I said, it will be breezy. Uh, wind, wind gusts from anywhere from 30 to 40 miles per hour are definitely possible. Uh, I do think the morning on Friday holds more sun possibility. Uh, definitely as you head later in the morning, you're going to see the clouds move in and then some light rain showers Friday afternoon. So, Unfortunately, we don't have the sun and calm winds to go along with those 75-degree temperatures, but uh, we'll take it. However, come Saturday, we will see sunny skies, but cooler temperatures, a high temperature of 49, the nighttime low down to 26. And Sunday will feature sunny skies, low temp down to 30. Now, Sunday night, we could actually see some snow. Yes, snow. Um not a big deal. Don't think it really sticks here, especially after near 80 degrees on Friday. Um, but definitely could be some snow. Yeah, I don't want to hear it either, but it, it is still March. Like I said, no accumulations, but um, that could linger into Monday morning before changing over to rain. Monday's high temperature of 47 with a nighttime low down to 36. That's all I have regarding the weather, regarding the coronavirus. That's a whole other story, and I could talk on and on and on about it. Um, really all you, the big thing is social distancing. We really, really got to drive that home just because you're off of school, you're off of work. Doesn't mean go hang out have parties see old friends really, really try to avoid, you know, I don't want to say human contact, but try to try to just limit your exposure. And, you know, I mean, me personally, I, I have a, a three-year-old and, and, you know, a wife and, now, I told my parents and my grandparents that I'm going to be not, not I don't want to say isolating, but I, I want to avoid, I'm going to avoid hanging out with you guys here for a while till we see what happens here. So, uh, I mean, I'm taking the precautions. I highly urge everyone out there to take the precautions because 
what I know this seemed like a joke two months ago or a month ago, and it's it's really escalating, and this is very serious, whether you want to believe it or not. So just keep that in mind. Wash your hands. Use hand sanitizer. Uh, that's really all I have. Please stay safe out there. Please keep your distance from other people. Try to enjoy your time with your family and do some activities. Try to keep your face out of the phone constantly and just try to... Just try to live a little bit simpler here, I think, as we move forward, because I do not expect this to really get better anytime soon. If anything, I think um, we could see some more regulations and more staying at home mandates type of things. And just try to enjoy your your what you have going on right now. That's all I got for you this week. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to check out. Um, LVWA on Facebook, Instagram, and on LVWAweather.com, where I do try to keep abreast here of the uh, the live feeds going on from, from the president and the governor and, and the administration. So I try, I'm try. i trying to keep up with that for everybody, trying to, to host the watch parties over on uh, Facebook and just, just keep everybody moving and trying to just get the word out that this is serious. It's not a joke. All right, that's all I got. Tony here. Have a wonderful, wonderful week, and we will talk to you next week. No Rain Date is an original production of Sock and Source, LLC. Our theme music is provided by This Way to the Egress. For more great music by them, be sure to follow This Way to the Egress on Spotify. Thank you for listening. Every night, he climbs the tower, sees your face.